Welcome to Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. Dr. Williams is the author of the acclaimed book, Shattered by the Darkness, Putting the Pieces Back Together After Child Abuse. Dr. Williams is on the senior leadership team at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas, and... Dr. Williams travels the United States speaking and training professionals, parents, and victims about the importance of dealing with abuse and personal trauma head-on and not being afraid to break the silence of your own personal pain. Feel free to call in to tonight's show at 888-627-6008 and speak with Dr. Williams and his guests live on air. And now, your host, Dr. Williams. Well, good evening and welcome to the most beautiful city in the world, Houston, Texas. And I'm here with Breaking the Silence Radio Show. We are live. So uh, welcome to the show tonight and uh, hope you got enough turkey. I had a lot of mashed potatoes. That's about what I uh, made a meal on this week. But it was awesome to be with uh, some awesome people and uh, just a great week and hope you had one, too. We have a good, great show tonight. Uh, somebody that is also a, a fellow Houstonian and uh we're going to welcome her just in a second, but we want to let you know that you can get involved several different ways tonight on the program, because since we are live, uh, if you're listening to this in a repeat next week or next month, you won't be able to do this. But right now, you can call in at 888-627-6008. I'm already getting uh, text from people saying they're looking forward to this show and can't wait to hear our guest tonight. And or you can get right on Shattered by the Darkness Facebook page. And my son, Curtis, is working on that all the way out in Seattle, Washington, while he's in the Army for me. So he's running that right now. And if you have a comment and you don't want your voice to be on uh, radio, feel free to comment on there. We'll look at that and then we'll read it a little bit later on in the program. You know, I always like to start off uh, some things that maybe I've dealt with this week or I think about or maybe that's affected my life and hopefully it can uh, open your eyes to what you're going into in the coming week or maybe some somebody that you're going to run into uh, at the office or at home or even in your family during the holidays. And I, I know there are a lot of different factors in the world right now, millions of different factors, um, people, situations, outcomes that affect how you feel about yourself. But none of them, and I want to make sure because I think this is going to be our topic tonight in the program, but I think this is important because I have a big issue with this. None of those factors determine your worth. Only you do. And for those that have been in that heartbreak aisle of life, uh, having someone that has hurt you, in a role where they should have protected you and loved you, but they hurt you or they abused you or they just caused you extreme pain or left you or betrayed you. Uh, And at times can make you feel like you belong in the gutter. The issue isn't their actions. The issue is our relationship to those actions. Write that down because that's deep. 
But sometimes it can sure feel that way. And sometimes we allow those circumstances to determine our worth. But remember, only if you allow it. Every moment of every day, you and I get to determine how we feel about ourselves. And I battle with this every day. And we'll find out maybe if our guest tonight does. But more likely, you probably do too. Within all of us, there are things we're celebrating and things that maybe we're not so proud of and don't want anybody to find out about. But the choice is yours on what you decide to focus on. You can sure turn negativity into positivity if you will just decide to do that. It doesn't have to be your death sentence, and it doesn't have to discount the value of who you are. Our jobs, our income, our relationship status, our social circle, how many people and likes we have on Facebook or followers, our position in society. All of these can definitely determine how we feel about ourselves, but none of them are true measurements of who you or I really are. We have an identity, and how we choose to identify ourselves is totally up to us. It's like you get to decide where you put your flag. And you can place that flag in anything you want. Some people place it in their religious belief. Some people place that flag in their nationality. Some others stick it in their family tree and their infamous last name. And we get to the freedom to stick that flag of our identity in anything that we choose and everything that we want. The important point is to determine where we place the identity. Identity and worth are concepts created by us, and we have to keep that in mind to our, ensure our well-being, to ensure our sanity. Not everything is in our control. So it's unfair to allow those things to affect our self-worth. No one determines your value but you. And if you think you're a miracle, or if you think you're worthless, either way, whatever you think, you're right. You get to decide your value. Don't let someone who doesn't know your value tell you how much you're worth. And when you finally learn your self-worth, You can stop giving other people discounts on that. Keep it at the value that it should be. You are a masterpiece and you are a treasure. And you're not required. Listen to this. This is absolutely life-changing if you grab a hold of it. You are not required to set yourself on fire to keep other people warm. It's not your job to do that. So don't feel that that's where your worth is at. There comes a time when you have to stop crossing oceans for people who won't even jump a puddle for you. Your value, your self-worth is exactly what you choose it to be. Decide on a high value. 
because you're darn well worth it. Just thoughts for you this week, and I just hope that uh, you take that with you and uh, use it. But I know there's times that I look in the mirror and go, oh, boy, I sure don't like what I see. And I play that endless loop of my dad and what he said and what he done to me when I was a child. You got to delete that. Try to cut that out of our life and determine every day we have worth and a high worth, a high value. Tonight, we're going to see how society sometimes cheapens life, sometimes cheapens people just for gratification and their own way of getting enjoyment. And I'm excited to have our guest tonight uh, from Houston, Texas, Shay Bland. Uh, she is a retired adult entertainer. But listen to this. She's an inspiring, aspiring psychologist. That's going to be an awesome psychologist one day. I truly believe that. And her mission on this planet now is to help liberate. Help liberate. Get these people out of bondage. The women out of pornography, stripping, and prostitution and put them and help them get supportive careers. I want to welcome to the program straight from the best city in Texas, in the world, really, Houston, Texas, Shay Bland. Shay, welcome to the program tonight. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Gray. Wow, thank you so much for that intro. That was amazing. Did uh, I read it just the way you told me? Say that again? Did I read that just the way you told me? Yeah, no, that was great. That was perfect. Yeah, and, and just just the intro to that was just beautiful, and I felt that in my heart and in my soul. And yeah, we get to determine our worth, right? And to know that we are all inherently worthy and um, to not place our worth on external factors. And that has been a huge thing that over the past three years I have been embodying and, and telling myself. So thank you for that. That was really beautiful. Do you find, Shay, in, in your world that you came out of, and we'll talk about that here shortly, that devaluing a person is a way to get control over them mm -hmm. when they work into this type of industry? Is that part of the game they play? Yeah, absolutely. Or just like making uh, women who are in these industries think that it's their only choice. Yeah. Um, and so that's a huge thing is, uh, you know, there's a lot of ma manipulation, coercion, uh, a lot of girls who end up in these environments, you know, maybe come from broken homes, foster care. Um, and so end up in these spaces and places and feel like, oh, you know, I don't have any work experience. I don't have family. I don't have education. And, you know, this is, this is what I'm good at and this is what I'm good for. And, um, also, you know, a lot of, of being in survival survival mode. Um, that was like a huge thing with me and my story was um, dealing with a lot of PTSD and being in survival mode, which kind of led me into these places. And also just um, so, yeah, definitely there is a lot of manipulation, a lot of coercion, a lot of, um, you know, breaking a person down uh, when a woman is being trafficked in these spaces. Yeah. Um, making them feel like it's their only choice. When, and you're going to tell your story here shortly. Um, when you wake up tomorrow morning, what is it that makes your heart beat a little faster and you go, hey, wait, 
This is the reason that I've been placed on this earth at this point in time. What is it that you are passionate about right now? And you mentioned in your your little two-sentence introduction of you uh, that you want to inspire to do to help these women. What is it that really you just want to accomplish when you wake up in the morning? I just want to see all women liberated from these realms and to know that there are other ways to make money and have a life that is is wholesome, a life that is happy, a life that is pure, that it, a life that is filled with joy, pure joy and happiness, right? Like that is my driving factor. And, you know, I've been in these realms where it was like, you know, I would exit and end up back there and exit and end up back there. And it became this like cycle that I was going through. And, you know, that's my, and, and it kind of became this, it kind of it became like a nightmare, kind of, you know, um, of I guess like this is what I'm going to be doing. This is what I'm good at and um, ending up in these spaces, but also, you know, dealing with a lot of my my darkness and then also connecting with a lot of other women who are really struggling in these spaces. And so just seeing women liberated from trauma, from generational trauma, being liberated um, from these realms, from the chains that keep us in these realms and into supportive careers and into supportive lives with community and friends and family. And, you know, that's, I I just want to see all women and men just liberated and and like happy because I know what it feels like to be in in really dark places. And um, so that is, that's really my driving factor. That's what I wake up in the morning. That's what I think about when I go to sleep. Um, it's my soul's mission. It's my soul's purpose. This is why I came to this planet during this time. There you go. That's that's beautiful. Shay, some, with somebody that hasn't been to those type of places, what kind of problem is this? How big of a problem is this world that some of us may not even be aware of right now? Wow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is something that is growing, especially in Houston, prostitution, escorting, stripping, um, pornography with the online world, everyone going online, you know, there's, um, pornography is becoming very, very, um, just a common thing. And it's becoming very like normalized. Um, and I would say that it's growing. Um, I would say women in general are, you know, it's a, women are learning more about their bodies, right? And and under and and embracing themselves. Like I went on this journey, like it was very healing for me to reclaim my body as my own, which is really beautiful. Um and I think there so when a woman can reclaim her body as her own instead of it being exploited, right? And and sold. Um, you know, so it is there's this like there's this fine line of like embracing my body as a woman and exploiting my body as a woman and selling my my sex right and there's a lot of things that can go in when you are stripping when you are prostituting when you are escorting when you are in pornography when the underlying desire is money right the underlying if there the underlying desire is money and it's not to actually be intimate with a person it's causing trauma you know to yourself and um i had to work through a lot of like disassociation um, I was very disassociated from myself, but I was so focused on my money um, that I just, I, I became disassociated from my body. Um, yeah. And so it's becoming, you know, it it's, 
it, it is in, in, in Houston, you know, we're the number one city for human trafficking, which is horrible. And it's very sad. Um, and, and so it is, it's, it's very common. Yeah. I'm going to just lean back and let you tell the world the story, your story, and you can go as deep as you want. I may jump in with a question or two, but just share how you got involved in this, what happened, and how you got out. The floor is yours, Shay. The show is yours. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Dr. Gray, I just want to say thank you, and I just want to take this moment to just, like, honor you and your story, and then us meeting. I feel like it is such divine um, guidance, you know, that led me through this show. And so I just want to say thank you for all the work that you're doing. You've inspired me in so many ways. And, and your story is, is, it's changed my life. So I just want to say thank you. And I wanted to start with that. I appreciate that. Yeah. And so I'm not going to, I want to like, um, I'm going to just touch on some timelines in my life. I'm not going to go too deep um, as far as like abuse that I've endured and experienced, but Um, yeah, so basically, um, growing up, I just want to start with my story growing up and kind of how it was for me. Um, my mother was, uh, bless her soul. She was in and out of mental health care facilities, um, out of Bentob Hospital in in Houston. So in and out of hospitals, a lot of my life. Um, my father is single, single entrepreneur, raising three girls on his own. Um, and there was just, it was a very chaotic household. My father dealt with a lot of his own anger and, um, you know, his own stressors that he was dealing with. And so it was a very, there was a lot of chaos in my home, um, essentially. And so, uh, my mother was dealing with her own stuff. My father was dealing with his own things. Um, there was, a, there was verbal and emotional abuse that took place in my home, never physical or sexual. Um, but there was, there was emotional, um, and verbal abuse and neglect that took place. Um, and so since my parents were dealing with their own things, this, uh, older man came into my life, uh, when I was 13 years old, he was 20 and, uh, he was my source of love. He came into my life and he showed me attention. He had a car. He would, um, take me to parties with him. Um, and, uh, it was, it was, you know, I I felt seen by someone and in a time where my parents weren't, you know, giving me that validation and seeing me and, and, you know, emotionally supporting me instead. I I felt like I was emotionally supporting my parents. Um, so this man came into my life and, um, we started hanging out and of course I was young and it's an older guy. I was excited about it. And, um, Within a couple of months, some abuse started taking place. The first time that he ever um, abused me, I was wearing this little Hello Kitty necklace, and he got jealous over something and ended up taking my Hello Kitty necklace and ripping it off of me. And I was immediately taken back by it because I had never had anybody like physically abuse me um, or put their hands on me. And so it started with little things like this, and then it progressively um, it progressively got worse. Um, he would like, he would lock me in his car and he would hit me and bite me and, and just all these, it was just, I won't go into detail with it, but abuse did take place. Um, and eventually it got so bad that he ended up, um, he ended up, I snuck out one night to go see him and I never knew like how he was gonna, how he was gonna be with me, but I ended up sneaking out to go see him and uh, he ended up getting me high and holding me in a room for four hours and beating me and sexually assaulting me, sexually assaulting me. 
Um, he threatened to take my life and he kept asking me questions and no matter what answer I gave him, it was wrong. And every answer I gave him, he would abuse me more. And I remember being on the floor at one point, you know, I was like, Oh, like he's going to kill me. You know, no one knows where I'm at. And I was scared for my life. And I remember being on the floor huddled up and trying to um, protect myself from him and just calling out for my mom under my breath. Eventually, um, and eventually I was able to get away from him. Some other things happened that night, which I'm not going to go into details with that. Um, because I know we have limited time, but, um, eventually some other, uh, some other things happened. He actually moved away and I was able to, I was able to get away from him. And so this abuse was going on inside of my parents' home at times. And, um, and so I had a lot of like anger towards my parents. And I also felt scared to really tell anybody because I thought no one would believe me. Um, and so after that, I was dealing with a lot of PTSD and post-traumatic stress disorder. And um, I also had a lot of just anger towards my dad. He would have a lot of emotional outbreaks and outbursts, um, you know, being a single father, raise, raising three girls, having his own business. Um, but it kind of got to this point where he was, my father was like, you know, y'all can't be here anymore. Like you have to go out on your own and, and figure it out. And, um, and so that's what I did when I was 19. Um, my mother passed away. Um, she was hit and killed and she passed away. And so I was grieving the loss of my mom. And, um, I started to go to college and go to school like everybody else was doing. I had no idea really what I wanted to do. Um, but, and then I was trying to work a job and also move out on my own and support myself while also dealing with my emotional and mental health. Um, these jobs weren't really supporting me in the ways that, um, I needed them to be. And I was going to school and just trying to navigate a lot of things at once. And so I would end up dropping out of school and then, um, I would, I would, um, end up drop like leaving these, uh, jobs. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I've heard girls make a lot of money dancing. You know, I've, I've, you know, this is what I could do with my body. And so I'm going to do it. This is what I need to do to take care of myself. And I'm going to do it. And, um, and so that's what I did. I entered the world, the adult entertainment industry. And for about four years, I kept it a secret. I didn't let anybody know. I felt a lot of shame around it and a lot of guilt. Um, and I was just kind of in this, like this big secret, <laughs> right? Like I was just like in this, um, yeah, just like no one knew about it and, uh, just dealing with a lot of things on my own. Um, and so eventually my mental health got so trying to navigate school and work, it got so bad that I ended up self-harming and I ended up in the hospital. And, um, from there, I just really said no more to, uh, said no more to, uh, school. I was like, well, I don't even know what I want to do. I keep failing out of school. These jobs aren't supporting me. You know, dancing is like the only job that can support my mental health because I can go in and work whenever it is that I want to work. Um, and so I kind of was just like, you know, it's screwed. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm good at. You know, like this is, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm good at. And so I, I finally said like no more to the, these little jobs and no more to um, school. And so I started dancing full time. 
And, you know, it got to this point, I was just like, you know what, I don't care what if anybody knows, like, this is what I need to do to take care of myself. And this is what I need to do. Um, because I wasn't receiving like the support that I needed. And I felt like I was just like, you know what, I kind of got to this point where I was like, I don't need any of y'all's help. Like y'all have never helped me. You know, I could do this on my own. And I became this like very like, I got this like, type of like, I, I don't need you, you know, and so I pushed a lot of people out of my life. And I wouldn't let people really get close to me. And um, I was very focused on my money. I was like, this is what I'm good at. You know, I can use my body to make money. And so that's what I started doing full time. And so um, I, I started dancing full time. Um, I danced in California and Vegas and Miami and Austin and Houston. And so I was like traveling a lot and I was making a lot of money. And um, I started saving up my money and I was like, well, I'm making this money. I'm going to start investing my money into property and making residual income. And I was like, this is going to be my exit out of the industry. Um, that's not the case for every every woman that's in this industry. And I just want to say that, you know, there there's a lot that goes into this industry and not every single woman is making a lot of a lot of money. There is there are tears to this industry. You know, you can have the woman who is this luxury escort and is being sold to sugar daddies or you have the kids that are being sold for sex. Right. Like and and you obviously know that. And 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 so there is there's a a broad spectrum to this work. And, um, you know, so for two years, this is what I was doing full time. And I finally had Shay's plan. I had my plan, right? Obviously God has a bigger plan for me. And, um, so I had my plan and I was, I was making money, but eventually my mental health started to deteriorate, to deteriorate. I started getting really burnt out. I started doing things I wouldn't normally do. Um, like prostituting and actually having sex for money and doing other things for money, um, things that didn't align to, with my heart and my soul. And I knew I was just doing it for the money. And so eventually um, I had a client. Um, I don't know. Do we need to take a break? Are we good right now? Well, let's, let's do take a break right now. Um, and if you could, during the break, turn down your microphone, your speaker system just a little bit uh, during okay. the break. I guess how my feedback's coming off. Uh, but on the other side of this break, I want to hear the rest of the story, how you got out, and uh, then we'll talk about how you help women now. But I want to we'll do that right after this break. 888-627-6008. We'll be right back after our only commercial break tonight. Here back. HCI Publishing, that brought you the international bestsellers, A Child Called It, and the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, comes the latest book by Dr. Gregory Williams, Shattered by the Darkness. This book describes the horrific abuse that Dr. Williams suffered at the hands of his father for over 12 years, and the damaging effect of keeping everything silent about that abuse for 30 years. If you're looking for that book that you can't put down, then pick up a copy of Shattered by the Darkness by Dr. Gregory Williams at all Barnes & Noble stores, Amazon, and Books A Million. Now, back to Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. 
Welcome back to the program, and we are just about uh, halfway through her, Shay Bland, our, our awesome guest tonight, telling her story. And we're only going to take that one commercial break, so just hang with us now throughout. Sounds like everything's perfect now with the, the, the sound and everything, so great. Thank you for doing that, Shay. Uh, you just got to the point where you had uh, your mental status started going down and you was finding yourself doing things that was outside of what was norm in your world and probably more against your beliefs than anything you ever thought you would do. So what ended up, how did that end up turning out and how did that progress? And then how do you end up coming out? So I'll let you finish uh, the rest of your story. Yeah, totally. And I just want to, is my microphone okay now? Everything's perfect now. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah. So just to continue on that, um, yeah, basically, I started getting burnt out. I started investing into property. Um, and I started, um, yeah, I started investing into property, reno- renovating property, and had this this whole Shay's plan. You know, this was my plan. And obviously, like I said earlier, God had a bigger plan for me. And, and so I started getting, um, I started getting burnt out. And like I said, doing things that I wasn't normally, um, I didn't, you know, doing things that were outside of my boundaries and things that just didn't feel true to my, you know, and within my comfort zone. Um, and so eventually I had this client who I would hang out with and, um, we would go and have dinner. We were never intimate, but he would pay me to just go and hang out with him. And, um, he had like this, this, this offer for me of like, you know, I'll pay you this certain amount of a month. I will take you. He had a, he was a billionaire, and and so he was like, I will take you, you know, on my on my private jet. I'll get you all the gifts. I'll pay you this much a month, and uh, you know, I'll help you pay off your investment home. I'll help you start investing into more homes. But this is the condition that you stop dancing, and you're my full time companion. You know, and so it all sounds like really great and and dandy. Um, but at the the time when all this was was happening, I felt like I didn't it didn't feel good to me. I felt like it was like this very unequal power dynamic and like I was kind of being bought. And um, but I started getting burnt out. It was starting to sound really good. And I ended up um, going to eat with him one night and I was drinking, drinking a lot and I got very drunk. And I was like, okay, like, you know, he's already, he was already giving me a lot of money. Um, and so I, I, that night I got really, uh, really drunk and ended up going back to the hotel room with him. And I was just sitting on the bed and I was just like, you know, this does not feel good to me, you know, and I just started crying. And, um, a lot of things from my past just started coming up in that moment. And I, I just started crying and I was just like, I, I can't do this. And I was drunk. And um, I kept saying that I need to talk to my little sister. I need to call my sister. I need to talk to my sister. And I kept repeating this and I kept repeating this. And I uh, went to the bathroom and I tried calling my, my sister like 10 times and she didn't answer me. And um, finally called one of my friends and he came and came and picked me up and I went to his home and he's like, just go go to sleep and get sober. And so um, I went to sleep and uh, a few hours later, I got a phone call from my little sister saying that her girlfriend had um, killed herself. And, and so, you know, my sister was on the other line crying and screaming and, you know, um, 
the girl's name is Cece, and I want to say her name because I want to remember her name because this is the little girl, the 19-year-old girl that changed my life forever and made me wake up and connect to God and connect to my angels and my ancestors and pulled me out of the darkness. And so I just want to take this moment really to honor Cece's life. And, um, and when this happened, I didn't care about the money anymore. I didn't care about Shay's plan anymore. I cared about being in service to people and helping people who have struggled. And, and when this happened, um, I started praying every day. I was praying and I thought that my sister was going to kill herself because they say when someone commits suicide, there's a chance of a relative or a friend doing it as well. And I thought my sister was going to kill herself. And uh, my sister was getting off of drugs and she went to sleep on drugs with Cece and Cece got up in the middle of the night and hung herself on the apartment staircase. And um, so, you know, I was in a very dark place. My sister was in a very dark place. And um, the thing that pulled me out of it was God and was my angels and it is my angels and my mother who had passed in CC and my ex-boyfriend's mom who had passed as well. And I started praying and, and developing a very deep relationship with Jesus and Mary Magdalene, um, different ascended masters and spirit guys that are here to help people um, on their healing journey. And I just started praying and, and um, that whole summer, I just, I was like, God, I have a deeper purpose in what I'm doing. Like, just please help me. You know, and this uh, this girl, this woman came into my life uh, through a mutual friend and she did um, healing work, coaching work, and she started helping me heal my trauma. And I started addressing, you know, the trauma that I went through when I was 13, the trauma that I went through with my parents, um, the trauma that I endured even as a dancer, you know, and started really addressing these traumas. And I was like, wow, like you know, you're helping me. And it was me making that decision of wanting to help myself. But like, you're helping me so much like this is what I want to do. This is how I meant to serve people. And so um, I ended up selling, flipping my investment property and selling it, selling all of my stuff, selling my car, and just selling everything and just was super focused on my healing and investing into my healing while simultaneously holding space for other women who have gone through similar things. And um, through this journey, I started my own coaching and consulting business. Um, and this year, uh, my business took a dip and, and it was not financially supporting me. And I ended up back in the in exotic dancing. And this time when I went back in there, you know, I obviously knew there was a deeper purpose of like, why did you, why did I go through this work for three years, you know, and then end up back here. And I would pray, you know, God, why are you sending me back in here? And uh, when I went back in there, it was totally different. I was actually connecting with the girls in there. And whereas before I was very like, I didn't talk to anybody and I was very isolated and I didn't want to interact with anyone. Um, just because they're like pimps and these types of things that happen in these realms, um, and drama and, and these types of things. But this time I went in and I was actually connecting with the girls and, um, it, and God was showing me that these are the girls that you're meant to be serving. These are the girls that you're meant to be supporting. And I got to this point where I was connecting with girls and I connected with this one young girl who is, uh, she's 22 years old. 
She grew up in foster care. Um, she's here in Houston by herself, has no family, is stripping, and has two children under the age of two. And I was like, okay, you know, this, these are the girls that I'm meant to be supporting and serving. And there was a part of me is like, I don't feel ethical because I was charging women who were already out of prostitution and working with women who were already out of prostitution and helping them heal through their trauma. Um, with somatic healing practices, with meditation, a lot of holistic healing and embodiment, helping women reclaim their body, connect to their body due to disassociation. Um, and so when I went back in there, I was like, okay, these are the women that I meant to be serving, but I don't feel ethical to be charging these girls. Um, and so I closed out my business. I stopped dancing. I said, okay, God, you showed me what I needed to see. Um, I have a full-time job now that's supporting me. And I was praying a lot. And um, Eileen came into my life. And uh, I started, you know, uh, working with her, got connected with you. And my angels guided me to the University of St. Thomas, where now I'm working towards my degree in psychology with a minor in criminology, law, and society. So <laughs> this is, and this is where I'm at now. My dream is to work for a nonprofit organization, a counseling agency, or a woman's home, uh, helping combat these issues that are really taking place in Houston. Well, that, that's that's a dandy story. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Need to work on that. Uh, I think you have a story that there's a lot of people that need to know um, how you can get out, but how easy it is to get back in when things go, you know, hit rock bottom. Yeah. So is the temptation now, Shay, of staying out or going back in? Does it still haunt you because the money is so at times? uh lucrative uh is there still that little small voice that whispers or do you have that nailed down now that i'm not ever i feel like after this year um and like god really showing me a lot of things like i i feel like it's like this is it <laughs> like this is it this is done you know but just like you know sex work it's addicting the money is addicting uh, it is, it could be as addicting as heroin. It is a very addicting place to be in, you know? And, and so I think any, any, there, there's temptation anywhere. You just have to stay strong in your faith and stand strong in your, you know, your truth of saying, no, this isn't serving me anymore. And I'm done with it. Like you have to make that conscious decision, right? Because I even said like three years ago, when I started my healing journey, I was like, no, I'm done. And I ended up back in there this year. And but there was a lot of things that I was shown and a lot of things that I saw that were revealed to me that I wasn't seeing before, you know. And so it's a, you have to it gets to this point where you have to make a conscious choice of saying no more, you know, yeah. because I know women who, you know, went through school and, and, and put themselves through school and have six figure jobs now. And are still doing it, you know, because of money, because it, it, it's you can potentially make a lot of money. That's not the case for every single person. Yeah. Um, and it can just it, sucked, it can suck you in, you know, and you have to, you know, I got to this point where I just felt like things happened in my life so quick this year. And my business took a turn and I just kind of felt like this 
it just like sucked me back in all of a sudden. And it can do that, you know, which is why like bringing more awareness to these issues is so important. And also having people around you to support you is so important, especially people who like myself, I was navigating this industry for four years by myself, you know, and I felt very alone and I felt very isolated and I felt very in my, my, um, my darkness. So this journey for you is fairly fresh. I mean, your mile marker uh, down the interstate of life here on this outside of the adult industry journey is almost only double digit miles. I mean, this is still fresh for you, correct? Yeah, it's still fresh. I'm 27 years old. I started dancing when I was 19. Um, and so, yeah, you know, when Cece committed suicide and, and took her life, it just, uh, it felt like I had to rebirth my life and start all over. That was um, the turning point. That was my turning point. That yeah. was my turning point. And this year, just going back and talking to the girls, that was like my confirmation from like my higher self and my angels and God, like these are the girls you're specifically meant to be serving. Right. You know? And so like, cause I was, like I said, I was working in my coaching and consulting um, business I was working with women who were already working in like corporate America and were already out of these industries. And, um, and so I was like, Oh, and I was also working with women who were like married and in partnership and were working through, you know, maybe trauma that was coming up in their marriages. Um, and so, and it was really great and I loved it, but going back in this, in going back this year, that was God showing me that, you know, yes, there's a lot of women who need this work, but these girls in here are the ones that are needing support to be uplifted out of these spaces. Yeah. What What is the biggest uh, issue that you have with relationships now? Uh, friendship or deeper than friendships um, that you still have to overcome and tell yourself. Do you have issues with trust? Do you have issues with self-worth? You have, you know, what, what's some of the hurdles that you deal with, maybe on a monthly, weekly basis uh, that you're still trying to to heal from? Yeah, thank you for that question. Um, I would say speaking my truth when or um, like when a boundary is crossed, mm. um, I feel like I kind of like if someone crosses my boundary, I kind of just like put up with it a little bit, you know, rather than saying, hey, like that, I don't. I don't like that. Stop doing that, you know? Um, and I think it's because I had my boundaries crossed so much when I was 13 um, and being abused in that way. I think like you, there's a, there's a part of you that just says, Oh, I just have to put up with this. I have mm -hmm. to put up with this behavior. And uh, a lot of stuff that happened with my parents, obviously like my mother dealing with her stuff and my father, you know, there was a lot of chaos. There was a lot of verbal abuse. There was a lot uh, emotional abuse. And I was like, Oh, well, this is just what I have to deal with. This is what I have to put up with. And so I think in, in, um, friendships, uh, I didn't, I was very isolated for a lot of my years. I was very isolated. I would not let myself get close to people. And I was in a lot of codependent, very toxic relationships. Um, I didn't really have girlfriends. I saw, you know, um, I, I, it was, it was hard for me to get close to people. Or then I would like, someone would do something and then it was just like, no more, you know, yeah. I didn't, you know, I would just cut people out of my life. Um, and so now I am, I'm really, you know, my relationship with my family is like, 
now that I've really addressed these these things and and I've talked about them and and uh, have released a lot of anger, my relationship with my family is really healing. My relationship with my dad is healing. Um, I have really great girlfriends in my life right now. I'm not in a relationship. Um, those can be a little bit triggering for me. And so it's just not my focus right now, really. Um, I just want to continue empowering myself into my career, into my purpose, into my mission, and just have good people who see me and love me in my life. What was, and maybe if somebody's listening tonight and they are involved in something, whether it's trafficking or adult industry or massage parlouring or just doing something that they don't want to really do they don't know how to get out or they just got out and now they're they're battling all the demons that follow them out when you're sitting at home alone in the darkness what helped you overcome some of those fears some of that trauma when you said you went through and worked through some of these issues with some trusted friend or counselor uh, what were some of the things that really were beneficial for you to spend some time doing that helped you out? Yeah, um, a lot of things. Yeah. I would say, you know, one of the things that I love doing the most is having like what I say, like sisterhood circles and gatherings with other women and simply like just being heard um, and hearing other women's stories. That was like a really, that has been really healing for me. Um, journaling, um, mm. meditating and praying and, and connecting to my, my heart and to my womb, you know, as a woman, um, that feels really important to me. Um, and just a lot of self-love practices, a lot of affirmations too. I've been really like, I am worthy. I am worthy because I am worthy because I am worthy. You know, that was a big thing for me. You know, like I'm worthy of more love. You know, I kept getting in these relationships. I was, you know, in this industry that, yeah, maybe I'm making a lot of money, but I wasn't honoring myself in the ways that I want to be honored. And I knew that, you know, I didn't want people deep down. I didn't want people to see me or touch me in that way, you know? And so reminding myself that I'm worthy, you know, I'm worthy of having a career that's lucrative and in service. I'm I'm worthy of having friends who see me and love me. I'm worthy of being in a relationship uh, with someone who honors me and respects me, you know, and, and I'm worthy, you know, so that has been a huge thing. And what you said in the beginning, it was just, it really spoke to me because that's been a, a really big thing for me. <laughs> yeah, well, me, me too. I, I tell time and time again, every time I'm in front of parents, uh, moms or dads that if you have children and you don't tell them how beautiful they are, how awesome they are, how great they are, how much of a treasure they are, you fail to uh, affirm them and raise them up. You're setting them up for some jerk to do that outside of the home that will absolutely hook them in to a backseat of a car that'll take them because they never heard that kind of affirmation before. Was that some of the effect that not hearing that uh, from mom and dad, that when you started hearing it, it was a magnet for you? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Um, like a big thing too was, you know, when this man came into my life and was abusing me, um, 
he was my source of love. And, and, um, and so he would tell me, you know, the things that I wanted to hear, you know, and that I wasn't receiving from my father, you know, that I wasn't receiving. My mother was very, very affectionate when I was a child, but as she, um, my mother dealt with her own things, obviously, um, she wasn't able to be there for me and my dad was dealing with his own things too. So yes, it was you, you, the parents. It's so important. And I have, um, my, my cousins and my sisters just had so many babies and I'm just like showering them with so much love. We just tell them you're so worthy. You're so beautiful. Like we love you even for the littlest things, you know, like if they do something little, like just encouraging them and making them see, feel seen and, and held and like looking them in the eyes and saying, Hey, I'm here with you. I love you. You know, so I think absolutely like my abuser told me everything that I wanted to hear. And like my way of receiving love was like, oh, I give, I have sex with him. And, and, and he met that, 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 um, that need that I wasn't getting with my family. I tell you, if there's anybody listening tonight that has any uh, affiliation with any schools, you ought to be in front of every high school assembly uh, group all over Texas, every day you ought to be speaking about this subject and you need to come up with a platform and a, and a speech because every child in high school needs to hear your story about that affirmation. You have self-worth. We just don't have enough of that going around right now. And I really don't know anyone that's doing it uh, in a way that you have the tools, the, the past, the coming out, and now ready to forge ahead, I, I think it would be powerful. It would be crazy for a school not to say, hey, Shay, come on over and speak to our kids for a while. Yeah. I Have you had the opportunity to, to speak in front of groups? Say that again? Have you had the opportunity to speak in front of groups, and would you be open to something like that? Um, I, I've, I've never spoken in front of, like, an audience before. I've, I've done, like, you know, like, my sisterhood gatherings. Um but never in front of an audience. And yes, I absolutely would love to share my story if it can impact someone's life for the better. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think we can get some connections your way. And if there's anybody tonight that is listening, because we have a lot of teachers, a lot of counselors, a lot of social workers, a lot of medical professionals, and I can keep on going. That's listening. If you want to get a hold of Shay, and uh, tap into the wisdom and the experience that she's had uh, from good decisions and not so good decisions, but how to understand and tell the story to where people need to learn the importance of self-worth. How can they get a hold of you, Shay? What would be the best way of somebody to be able to connect with you? Uh, email, website, what do you have? What's the best way? Yeah, um, I have email, so it's uh, Shay, S-H-E-A dot bland, B-L-A-N-D at gmail.com. Fantastic. And um, if you don't write that down, you want to connect me on this show, I'll be glad to. Uh, my phone's vibrating off off the my chair here. I'm looking down. I was like, wow, I got a lot of. And if there's anybody that wants to get in touch with you, uh, I'll pass that on. We only have a minute or two left. What's something that you think that if there's someone listening tonight that's that's leaning on the edge of their chair and saying, how do I take the next step? How can I get help? What would your response to be to that person right now? Yeah. Uh, how could they get help? Reach out to someone, you know, talk to someone. 
and to know that you don't have to be doing this by yourself. You don't have to do this alone. And that was a big thing for me. You do not have to do this alone. There are people who want to support you. There are people who want to genuinely help. Um, and to just reach out to someone. Don't feel shame in asking for help. That was a huge thing for me. So, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. I tell you what, Shay, I can't thank you enough for being on the program. I, I want to applaud you and congratulate you on being bold and courageous enough to share your story. Uh, because sometimes the shame and the guilt overtakes and go, uh, I really don't want to tell it. Yeah. Uh, but personally, you've experienced it. You've overcome it. Now show other people through your life how to do the same. And things will, this will be a, a road that you'll be able to touch so many people. Thank you for being on the program tonight. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. Go ahead. Um, just one other thing is like, you know, women who are in these realms currently, if you are in prostitution, escorting pornography, and you're working your way out of it, to not hold shame around it. And I, I really encourage you to release shame around it. You know, there are people who want to support you, want to be there for you, and to not not hold shame because that was a huge thing. I didn't want anybody to know because I held so much shame around being an exotic dancer because I was in survival mode, and it's what I needed to do to take care of myself, what I thought I needed. And so don't hold shame, release that shame, give it back to source, to God, whatever you believe in, and reach out for help. There are people who genuinely want to help. Fantastic. And congratulations on you being named the new co-host for a a podcast that I have been on and they have been on here. And that's the co-host of the Miss Texas show, correct? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And when's your first show on that? Um, To be announced. I'm not sure yet. Okay, we'll be following you and we'll let people know when you're co-hosting so they can tune into that. Thank you so much. Congratulations. And may God uh, bless you and show you the light uh, through the rest of this life to be able to give you the benefit of dealing with that negativity and turn it into something that's going to change and impact people around the world. And I truly believe that. Thank you, Shay. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Anytime you want to come on, just let me know. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Okay, thank you. As we do every show and every week and every time at this not at this time of the program, I always like to close with this just really short little sermonette. And no matter what you're going through, just like Shay in her life, uh, even returning back to it, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're going through right now, where you've been, where you are, or what you're going to face tomorrow. I just want to let you know, there's always hope. Hang on to that hope. As we enter the Christmas season, the first Sunday of Advent is hope. And it's perfect tonight to be able to, as we go into this holiday season, to remember there's always hope. And to remember also, you're worth more than a million. You are a treasure. Never forget that. God bless you. Join us right here next week for another live edition from Houston, Texas of Breaking the Silence. God bless. Have an awesome week. Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. To contact Dr. Williams, dial 832-396-6525 or email him at Shattered by the darkness at gmail.com. 
And don't forget to join us each Sunday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Pacific on BBS Radio Station One for the next episode of Breaking the Silence. Thank you.